Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back to Hambication. Here in this podcast, we talk about spirituality and cultures and, um, you know, hemp-related things, THC-related things, or usually when I'm recording on here, I have partaken of such, uh, you know, types of things. So, as I have now, you know, I'm already in my weed state of mind. So my weed mind is um recording and um yeah, I kind of wanted to record about I mean, I've kind of been a little bit on the topic of I got to write this out as I'm talking cuz I need to remember trying to develop skills here you guys a little bit um so lately i've been talking about um uh, toxic traits of people uh uh slash environments that are toxic and then in addition to that boundary setting um i believe we've talked about this before i believe that type of information is kind of relatively easy to grasp and come across, right? Um, the harder parts are the what I what I refer to as surface level steps, um, which tend to be like something that's more immediate, right? Um, and then also um, uh, the deeper level steps. Uh, so that would be deeper level such as um uh hmm like under the like deeper into the surface but you know pattern uh related um things that you see occurring things that come up um so with that being said, I want to talk on that note about, you know, the complexities of those intertwined topics of toxic people, toxic environments, boundaries, surface level steps people can take to protect themselves and deeper level steps that people can take to protect themselves and um i'll probably i'll see if i will throw in to the mix um <clears throat> some topics of uh personality disorders um i'm kind of thinking that that might need to come as a as a second episode to this current episode um, for that reason, uh, because it might get a little bit too lengthy. Um, and so, like, I, I hesitate to make, like, a program of, like, uh, of, like, a, of, like, maybe, like, classes or, like, self-help type of, uh, uh, areas 
to kind of go in some kind of an order, but I kind of like to talk about how I um, manage different things, uh, different ways that I know that other people manage similar things, different from how I do them uh, to cope with stuff, and then also um, just in general, kind of like what the literature usually would teach um, as coping methods, um, I kind of like to talk about things on that level. And so, um, um, I don't know, I'll try to see what seems more beneficial, what, what the listeners are gravitating towards more often. I feel like people really like the social topics and the attachment topics and it's very interesting because even when I was uh, working face to face at a clinic with clients, that tended to be the most um, uh, the topics that people wanted to talk about the most were how do they have mental health symptoms and deal with you know social settings you know whether that's at work or home or uh, holidays things like that but I don't want to get too much off topic talking about that uh I want to refocus this conversation onto you know first like kind of defining you know um a little bit of what we're talking about and then going into some more specific examples Uh, maybe personal examples, and then in addition to that, some uh, general examples. Um, Now, I always want to put it out there that, you know, when we interact with people with toxic traits, or when we interact um, with people while we are in a toxic environment, uh, we become the victim. And so I don't want this to sound at all like any kind of thing that we're that we talk about that seems like it could be a potential suggestion for somebody um in a self-help educational way um to say like oh you're doing it wrong it's your fault that you're experiencing this so just do this because it's your fault that you didn't do that first you know that that's not really the point um, that, that gets us nowhere, right? Um, it's kind of more so to expose what is going on in these toxic environments. And because I am very, um, familiar with them, uh, on a, on a personal and professional level, I'm familiar with them. I think, you know, it's something that I find people find benefit in trying to, like, problem solve those things so um so yeah so basically when we when we talk about toxic people a toxic person is basically a person that is not just like okay they're annoying because they did this thing once or twice and it wasn't really a big deal of a thing and it's just because they're a little quirky and they're maybe a little bit obnoxious and if you ask them to stop then they they're able to set boundaries that's not necessarily toxic it's just annoying and um not ideal right so you know i've got a friend who loves you know um when we start 
talking about politics and religion and things like that loves it because they love to debate and argue about everything and this friend you know you know we're all kind of taught you know when you first meet somebody maybe don't come into come in heavy with the opinionated topics and talking about you know trying to promote people to come into your religion and recruit people to your political party beliefs and start talking about all the stuff in the news from your political perspectives you know you don't want to be like debating and finding out that you have all this stuff out of common like it just puts a bad flavor in somebody's mouth uh, and you never know what people do or don't agree with right um and so that's usually not going to go well. But um, this person just consistently, whenever I would introduce them to somebody new, would just pick what's the new, the newest controversial topic on the news. Um, and let's debate it with somebody, um, whether it's race related or finance related or, you know, rich versus poor related or something where you know clearly not everybody's going to be on the same page about this let's fight about this um that does not get very far even you know you know someone like me I'm very patient um but that's that's not a toxic a toxic person you know that is somebody who just doesn't have you know good social awareness when you ask them to stop they will stop um, I mean, usually, um, but I wouldn't consider it toxic, you know, it's annoying and people get very annoyed and get their feelings hurt, but it's just, you know, there's something else going on there. Uh, it's more of like a social issue as far as like not really having the social skills to really just like understand what other people need from you. Um, toxic traits um something like that could be considered a trait like the specifics of it are different traits but for someone to be a fully toxic person uh usually it usually stems from the from the inability to set boundaries with these people that's usually you know where it stems from and a toxic environment usually has you know um you know, some aspect of somebody being victim, being a victim, uh, being victimized, um, or even abused or mistreated because they, their boundaries are being crossed Their Um, you know, um, uh, emotional or mental or physical, kind of safety is being encroached upon on a routine basis um i mean there is room for error right um if something just happens and it's not really like a pattern um then it's usually not going to be considered toxic um it's just an unfortunate or annoying situation but if the person who's doing the bad stuff isn't consistently doing this um, then you, it's kind of more like a one-time thing, 
Now, can a one-time thing create a toxic environment? It can, but it doesn't necessarily mean that a person is toxic or that they have toxic traits if it's not something that's kind of coming up again and again. Um, But people can keep it under control, too. Um, And I feel like those people who get help for having toxic traits, they usually are able to improve um, in how they're, you know, not doing things that people need them to do for their own personal comfort and safety feelings of safety so um the surface level steps you know being like the immediate steps that a person can take uh versus the deeper level steps which is kind of looking deeper into the patterns of the toxic person um the patterns that you see if it's not just because sometimes what happens is there's a toxic person you're dealing with an individual toxic person it's you and it's them and there's no group there's no environment related to this you know it's just an individual thing um now if you go into a work setting every day or a school setting every day and you're in there and there's a person with a person with toxic traits and this toxic person is creating a toxic environment then it could, it's like the pot gets stirred when they're around and they stir stuff up right they cook it up and now it's a uh, it's an environment so when we're looking at patterns, you know, with with the deeper levels of stuff, we're looking more so at, you know, what happens in the environment? Like, how do the environment shift when this toxic person is around? How does it shift from maybe not as bad to like, okay, now we're in the toxic environment? Or how does it like maintain just that level of toxicity? Or how does the toxic person, you know, exhibit these traits? What patterns do they use to exhibit the traits? And then um, also our own individual personal patterns. Uh, What do we do as the victim uh, of, you know, being, you know, terrorized by these toxic people? What do we do as the victim? What are our patterns? Um, I don't even, I don't think it's worded correctly if I say what is our role, but how's a different way that I could put that? Because role kind of implies that, that the victim is to blame, and that's not what I'm trying to say. I'm just trying to say what is our, uh, what is within our control, what is within our power to be able to do, um, and what are our patterns that we exhibit based on this environment or even based just naturally on our own selves and having nothing to do with the environment or the person but traits or patterns that we might individually have um that you know sometimes these toxic these toxic people gravitate towards certain patterns even when the victim is doing nothing wrong i've talked about before how you know i've noticed that narcissistic people um, you know, as far as exhibiting narcissistic, narcissistic, untreated, unmanaged traits, they tend to go after people that they feel like are weaker than them or lower, um, in status than them. You know, they, they need to be in a higher position because of their, um, sense of self-worth being better than others. And they feel like they're never wrong. And for those reasons, they'll gaslight, they lie, they do all these other sorts of 
things to make themselves always look better. Um, but they they seek out a different type of person who will, um, you know, not confront them. Or who even if they do confront them because they're the parent or something, it's like, well, your kid's confronting you. So they're still like in a, a weaker um, more dependent on the parent kind of a position where it's like, well, the parent at the end of the day wins the argument because they pay the bills and they have the house and they keep you fed. So it's like, in a way, regardless of where the argument goes, the parent wins in a situation like that where there's someone depending on a toxic person. Um, so we'll talk more about codependency, attachment things, um, attachment related uh you know patterns um um and different types of personality disorders like narcissism um um borderline uh we'll talk more about these in general at a later time so let's get into some of these steps and i hope that wasn't too long-winded and if it was i hope it was at least beneficial surface level steps um are things that are going to be more immediate more immediate something you can do now um so usually you have a choice between moving away from the toxic person or environment as much as you can until you can get out of it completely until you don't have to be around it anymore so moving away even if it's temporarily or just like setting up times to have to be away from it physically physically away from it um or if that means like digitally away from it so it can be toxic online, you know, digitally distancing from it, not checking the messages, blocking them, whatever. Um, or, um, you know, reporting, re- well, yeah, blocking them or whatever. Um, so it can be physically, digitally, it can be, um, you know, creating a distance like emotionally just kind of like removing your emotional um the emotions that you provide whether that's negative or positive types of emotions like anger or you know sadness or whatever um kind of controlling your own emotions to have more control in the situation easier said than done um now again a lot of this i have to keep saying you know it sounds like we're taking the victim and being like, you need to, you know, make sure that this person doesn't ever make you cry or or whatever, you know, it's like, no, that's not what I mean. But it, it's like, there are some times where there are some things that are within your power. And so what I mean is, you know, taking steps back away from it, um, in whatever method you need to, it might be a combination of methods, it might be either, um, teams messaging you too much at work or skyping um do we use skype anymore um
close my windows because people are outside doing yard work. So yeah, whether that means um, digitally, physically, emotionally, mentally, you know, um, not giving time and energy towards the amount of thought and, you know, effort, um, you know, financially, whatever, whatever it looks like, right? This can be at home, this can be at work, this can be at school. I don't know the situation, but um, try to think about it that way. You know, how can you avoid or, or leave, you know, um, even if it's temporarily, even if it's temporarily, because a lot of times when it starts becoming the issue is when we feel stuck, when we feel stuck with these types of people. Um, and usually we would feel stuck because they kind of have something um, over us. So, you know, if we were in the power position, we likely wouldn't have to put up with the toxic, um, the toxic environment. Um, I feel like I'm like beating a dead horse whenever I mention this roommate situation, but in that setting, you know, the way I would, strangely, it was toxic, but the way I was able to stick it out so long was because the toxic person was equally on my level, if not a little, I don't want to say lower, I don't mean like, like lesser lesser of a person than I am or anything like that I just mean they were they were on my level in a way you know we were maybe similar age almost within a few years from one another similar gender minorities um we were um you know both renting a room at a certain point we were renting rooms they were about the same size uh, we had maybe like the same age car, things like that, you know, that are like, okay, you're kind of on an even playing field. Um, but the reason why I say kind of, uh, you know, a little bit, maybe uh, I was in a little bit better standing just because I had a better reputation. So, for example, I never got in, in arguments or fights with anybody in that house except for that problematic, toxic person. Um, I never got in arguments with anybody else, you know, even the other people who would argue with her or be mad and screaming and yelling at her and in arguments with her, you know, they would never treat me like that. They were so kind to me. They were so nice to me. Everyone in the house was always so polite and kind and nice to me and respectful towards me. And so, you know, if I was going to vent about how frustrated I am with this person, you know, I could vent about it because, you know, they, um, you know, I could vent about it, but, um, yeah, um, cause people would usually take my side, you know, like nobody was going to take her side because she was annoying everybody. Um, but also it's a little bit of a different situation, but she, you know, she did have like unmanaged issues but at the same time it's like that's never an excuse you know that's never an excuse you know because you have a mental health issue is never an excuse to be getting in somebody else's way of their health in somebody else's way of their life 
um, just because of your own mental health. That's not an excuse. And so um, I was compassionate and patient as I could be. And then I was like, okay, I'm gone. And, you know, um, it's not like she was collecting my rent. It's not like she was the landlord. It's not like she owned the house. It's not like she had anything over me. So when I needed to move and leave, I just moved and left. And it wasn't it wasn't ever, um, you know, it wasn't um, it wasn't um, something that like she could hold over me in any way, you know. Um, So there's that. So, let's see. Yeah, so one option is moving away from. And then another option is confronting. Now, I don't mean like beating somebody up or being abusive back towards somebody. But just calling out the situation, you know. It's like leaning into it, you know. Hey, I noticed that you're, you know, you've been talking about me behind my back all the time. Hey. I noticed that whenever we're having conversations, you're always talking crap about my friends, even though I've asked you not to do that. Hey, I noticed that you keep lying to me about all kinds of stuff, you know, that's really not necessary. Hey, I noticed that you call me five minutes before I'm about to leave work and expect me to do two and a half hours extra worth of work related activities, you know, that would be like maybe to a boss or maybe like a professor, like, hey, I notice you, you call me out in the middle of class, and you're kind of singling me out more than the others. You can even come to people with numbers. You know, I noticed that out of the last 10 classes, you've called on only three other people, but you've called on me 20 times per class. Things like that, you know. Um, It's like, I mean, yeah, it'll put you in a vulnerable position if this person has a position above you. But also it's like, well, if you're going to try to get out of the toxic situation anyways, which is ideal, you know, it's ideal to get away from it. Um, But maybe you can't get away from it right now. But, you know, sometimes it's like if you would rather stick up for yourself more directly and lean into it. Um, sometimes calling it out can help. Sometimes it'll make it worse. It kind of depends on the toxic person's type of traits they have, you know. Um, and I'm not saying like dig in, you know, but, you know, some, some people, you know, they don't like being called out in public. Some people, they don't like being, you know, confronted or, you know, called on the stuff that they do. Um... Some people just don't like it. And so sometimes if you lean into it, um, or if you're even able to lean into it with facts, um, that it might not even help the situation, honestly. Avoiding them, trying to avoid them, and distance might not even help either. But um, you don't really usually have a whole lot of options within the legal framework of what you can do. I mean, there are, you know, kind of like intermediate type of steps where it's like, you know, it might take a little bit more time to get HR involved or to get like a school representative involved or to get, 
you know, a more respected family member or someone that your family members respect, like a counselor or a a, a priest or a, a pastor or, a, you know, someone that they kind of would rather um, take their opinion, you know. And of course, you know, people always want to twist stuff. Um, I mean, I've noticed even in my own life um, that I've come to realizations of where I'm wrong with stuff. And it just kind of hits me sometimes. I'm like, you know, ooh, I was kind of wrong in that in that situation, you know. Um, and, you know, so sometimes, you know, and it, it does take a lot of reflecting uh, to be able to notice that. But... Um, yeah, it's, it's, you have options, you know, to get others involved, uh, as a person to kind of support you on this. Um, one thing that is, you know, when you, if you don't know if it's you or them, um, that's the issue. Um, cause sometimes they'll make it really unclear and they'll start blaming you for stuff. Um, where you're just like, wait, you know, um, seeing how their patterns are with other people, that's something that I've noticed you can kind of, uh, uh, observe. Now, sometimes these people with toxic traits will hone in and like single out just one person, but other times, you know, I'm not saying you have to go around talking crap and, or spreading uh, gossipy news all around the office just to try to find out, but just kind of observe, you know, when you overhear people in the office talking about this person, are they experiencing the same things that you are, you know, um, that's a big one that I notice. like, I don't really speak up and talk about people, but when I do hear people mention certain people that I've ever had issues with, I do kind of notice, okay, that person is like that to them too. Like, I remember not that long ago, well, maybe it was, it was probably before 2020, um, I had one of my coworker friends who was, who had kind of gotten better rapport with one of the higher ups, um, um, at our job site. And this person, uh, was friends with me as well. Like the person, you know, so it was a, 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 let's say it was a, a guy who was friends with me and had developed better rapport with this, uh, um, let's say they were like a non-binary person. I'm just, I'm making up genders and all kinds of things because I'm trying to like avoid identifying people. But say there was this, this male coworker who was friends with me and, and you know, me as well as him had had, had issues with this, uh, non-binary staff because of, because of the way that they were treating, um, us, you know, when we were brand new. And so, you know, the, the male, uh, coworker mentioned in a group full of people when I had walked into a room, like, it's like, okay, we were discussing this with, um, with other, um, with other staff, you know, like, were you, when you first started this job, were you threatened by, by, you know, that one, uh, coworker, uh, did they, did they make you feel threatened or anything like that? 
Um, and I was like, if you, I didn't really want to answer the question. And then, you know, they kept pushing, you know, oh, you can say it because they said it's okay. We're just, it's like, we're like, we were all saying how we interacted with this person. And then, um, I kind of meant, you know, I kind of mentioned yes and the reasons why, and they kind of refuted it. And they were just like, well, I was like that with you because of X, Y, Z. And I was like, well, you know, people at this job already know I have problems with A, B, and C, which will lead to problems with X, Y, and Z. And so there's nothing I could have done that could have uh, improved. Just naturally, there's certain stuff that I um, don't have, like, major strengths in. Like, I was at my capacity of speed to be able to do that certain type of a task there's no way it would have been faster and even now I'm not faster at it even after doing it for probably over six years um you know and that kind of shut up everybody in the room up because they were just kind of like they didn't expect me to answer but at that time that person wasn't treating me bad at that moment because I wasn't in a role where they had to interact with me from a level of superiority um but you know like they did try to reach out one night when I was like out with some friends it was like maybe with by that weekend they tried to like call me up because they knew I was like local because I think I posted something on Instagram and then they were like they knew what part of the city I was in or whatever and they were there too and they kind of reached out called me but you know my phone's never on like loud ring tones or anything um so yeah um all that to say you know that's that's kind of a type of experience that can come up you you can possibly have you know a toxic person in your workspace that you know you know they treat you bad and you know it's creating a a bad environment but you're like whatever um, or you just deal with it, you know, and then later on, like I mentioned, it was like a few years later, probably like three years later of me not having to work with this person at all, um, which improved my experience at that job. But, um, you know, when somebody confronted me about it, I was in a room full of people, you know, who had all had negative experiences on a routine basis with this person. And I never would have known, you know, I never would have known because it's not like we talked about other staff like that. We didn't really talk crap about each other. We kind of just would suck it up and just like never really talk about it because it's kind of hard to tell who's friends with who, who's going to talk to who. But it was, a, you know, I we did all gain trust in one another. Um you know, I, um, so that's, that's probably, you know, kind of how you can look at things on a surface level, kind of on an intermediate level. And then when you look on like a deeper level, um, looking at the patterns. So I was mentioning patterns that the, that the person has, as well as patterns that maybe you yourself will have, um, you know, um, so, uh, patterns that the other person might have, um, if you can't get that kind of data easily around you in a professional manner, you know, like for me, I was like, I stepped into that situation that I just explained with that, with the coworker, um, and everybody talking about their experiences with them. I, I never had told, anybody in that room how I felt about that person um I never had told that person how I felt about them 
um, they just weren't a nice person, um, and I don't know, I, um, yeah, you know, I, I feel for people who have to, who have to deal with that kind of stuff, and nowadays it's coming, it's becoming so normal nowadays, um, for people to be toxic, because everyone's dealing with so much more than, than they've dealt with in recent years, all of a sudden we've had, like, back-to-back, back-to-back years of just, like, chaos in life, and so, you know, people aren't handling it well, I mean, people already weren't handling things well, but if you think about people who already, you know, would maybe have a tendency for those traits, usually if they're, they aren't able to manage their lives then it's going to get worse. You know, you're going to come across more of these people kind of coming out of the woodworks with their toxicity. Um, And I think it's important because, you know, I'm hearing about it so much um, lately. You know, you know, I have a lot of clients who are working in toxic environments. I have a lot of people uh, who I know who are working in toxic environments um, that aren't clients of mine, but they're other other people that I talk to, they're friends and colleagues, um, not colleagues that I, I mean, I wouldn't say that my work environment is a toxic environment, um, not the environment, but there is, you know, access to, you know, um, toxic trait people, um, but, at least, you know, it's not like a routine person that I'd have to see maybe a couple times a year, maybe, but they're not, they're not like involved with my life in a way that right now it would even matter. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of the experience, um, you know, and then, um, yeah, so patterns that a, that a toxic person would have, once you go from seeing if you can gather that data from just, like, observing and just, like, listening to what other people have to say, and, again, being professional all the time, being appropriate all the time, not having to go, like, digging and not having to, you know, be, like, you know, trashing people while you're at work and, like, you know, you don't want to put yourself in a situation where it's like, oh, I'm I'm trying to be in on the gossip, and then you get in trouble, um, you know, for being there, or you were in a group of people who was saying things that, you know, now you're now you're there with them, you know, like you don't want that because you know you're already dealing with enough. If you have these people in your lives, you don't want them affecting it so that they're affecting your reputation. Um, but you know. So what you would, what you can do is, you know, think about the sequence of events of how they interact with you, right? So say, for example, um, there's someone who edits your, uh, a weekly report or weekly, um, you know, I don't know, report. I don't know what kind of jobs are out there. Maybe you write a weekly report and there's someone else in charge of, of approving it or editing it. Um, 
And if it's weekly and they're not talking to you every day, then you know how often you have to interact with this toxic person is usually going to be related to that report. Um, And so what are the actions that they do that are toxic? Um, You know, do they ridicule you while they're reading through the stuff that you wrote and kind of tease you for making any kind of mistake whatsoever do they rip up your stuff and throw it in the trash can um do they you know call you out in front of like a group of you know your coworkers during a meeting and point out mistakes that you've been making you know what kind of patterns are they exhibiting you know Um, Because if you can identify what it is that they're doing and at what times, there might be a few things at a few times. Um, Usually what I notice, though, is that it's usually boiled down to like a few things that you can identify happen and and coincide with a few. um, um, They coincide with a few uh what do you call it like a few types of uh work tasks uh or responsibilities right um and like i mentioned you know these people a lot of times um are um these people a lot of times are in a pow- a more powerful position than you might be or at a, an equal level that as you might be so either it's like a a classmate a co- you know a colleague um a friend you know a you know or a parent a teacher a, a manager um you know um a professor, you know, usually they're in a higher position or same level. Usually it's not like somebody who's just starting under you, you know, that's going to usually try to have toxic traits before you. And I find that really interesting because it's like, um, um, I find it really interesting, you know, um, that you know you can kind of tell that they're strategic about it now um i think ken coleman brought this up and i've talked about this before he has a he has a um a phrase uh, that he brought up that says hurt people hurt or like hurting people hurt or something like that you know people who are in pain hurt other people um because you know they're in pain they're not dealing with their pain so this isn't this isn't going to be a great example, but it is an example. Now I've noticed I've worked with a lot of people with different types of chronic pain, um, chronic pain that's being treated but not even managed. Like they're giving them a form of treatment, but it doesn't fully work. Um, and I've worked with a lot of clients who have pain problems who are. Um, uh they have pain pa- problems and they're um just rude to us sometimes you know 
Um, but you know, pain makes you pain makes you angry. You know, it makes you want to lash out at people. It makes it hard to control your emotions and your reactions to other people. And anything that gets you slightly annoyed or irritated and doesn't make you happy or bring you joy or pleasure in some form usually you know a person in pain is going to react to that in um you know to kind of take jabs at another at another person um and so you know it's not uncommon that people in the psych field people in the nursing fields they tend to get kind of you know crapped on by by patients because you know, if they're in pain, right? But a lot of times that's also not true. You know, a lot of times people people can be really, um, you know, they won't treat you bad regardless of how bad they feel. Um, but, you know, I say that to mention, you know, um, you know, it it isn't uncommon that people who have pain are going to be Uh, mean towards some other person right but usually the people who have the pain aren't usually um either so aware of how they're interacting or care how they're interacting with others or want to change how they interact with others they're just negatively interacting with others um and it's Uh, it's really unfortunate, you know, that there are people out there that lead companies and all this kind of stuff, uh, run classrooms, you know, have people's grades in their hands, um, you know, um, but, um, another, you know, that's mainly what you can do regarding their patterns and then um with your own patterns um seeing how how if there's something in your life that tends to attract people of a certain type of pattern set of toxic pattern uh, sets um now usually the victim um is usually not gonna have necessarily toxic traits but I mean it is possible for a victim to have toxic traits as well and you know that can in turn set off toxic traits of another person um so for example if you have a boss that you know has a problem with bullying people and you are my friend that I mentioned at the beginning, who has, you know, some issues with, you know, reading the room socially and just kind of being obnoxious towards people. Um, And then, you know, that's going to attract the attention of somebody who likes to bully people who don't have very good social skills. Um, You know what I mean? And so that would be something that's like, okay, one person has a trait that's not working for them. And it kind of has a a toxic person coming towards them. Uh, I don't know the percentages, but it seems like it's not uncommon to have a person, a victim that has uh, good traits, you know, positive traits, 
um, that the toxic person preys on. And so basically they seek out people with these specific good traits because they can make themselves feel less pain by doing what it is that they do to those people. So uh, let me give like one example and then we'll be done with this topic pretty much. But um, one example would be um, trying to make one up on the spot isn't easy. Um, if you just have like, um, uh, if you're maybe smart, very intelligent, um, you're a good public speaker, but you might be a little bit shy. You know, those are those are positive qualities. And there might be like a person that might be toxic and in charge of choosing presenters who might just purposely pick on choosing that person. Um, that's maybe not the best example I can give. Um, um, there might be somebody who, you know, is definitely overwhelmed at work. And, you know, has a trait that, you know, they have a hard time saying no um, for whatever self-esteem reasons or whatever that may be. This employee has a hard time saying no to extra work, even when they don't feel like they can do it. And the boss needs somebody to say yes to do some extra work. So whenever they need somebody, when they're in a bind, they call on this person regardless of even if they know that they're overloaded just because they know they'll take on the task and they'll get it done even if they are doing like secret overtime or like whatever um they'll get it done so that's another thing I've seen that's not uncommon but um hopefully this topic was helpful um hopefully it was interesting I kind of like recording on this kind of stuff and it's unfortunate that it keeps coming up lately that it's a big reality for a lot of people's lives but um hopefully this is of some value to people who have been dealing with these experiences some kind of ways to like view it from different perspectives and thanks for listening